0: This is the Collector Car Podcast, the home for the auto enthusiast. Join Greg Stanley as he applies over 25 years of insights and analytical experience to the collector car market. He will interview the experts and throw in some fun stuff as well. Well, today I'd like to welcome a special guest, Jim Moore. Jim,
1: how are you doing today? I'm doing great, Greg. I'm glad to be able to join the Collector Car Podcast.
0: Thanks so much. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. We joined on Facebook and you lead the... Air-cooled brigade,
1: correct? Well, it's called officially the, the Air Brigade, which air is brigade. For, air cool, yeah, yeah. for air-cooled Porsches. Yeah,
0: yeah. tell me about that.
1: Well, it was something I actually started uh, several years ago. I, I found I had an air-cooled Porsche in my garage, and I just didn't feel like I was driving it enough. I don't want to garage queen. I want one that you drive. So I identified uh, 10 friends throughout uh, the Asheville area who had air-cooled cars. And I said, let's go out and drive on Wednesday. And uh, it's just going to be air-cooled cars. And we did it one one time. And then everyone had such a blast just driving their air-cooled cars as a group to uh, the mountains here in the Asheville area that we started doing it monthly. And it just keeps growing. I get, uh, I've got i think over 125 people on the mailing list uh, just go driving in the Asheville area that doesn't include all the people that are now on the website but uh the last drive of the end of the last year i had i think 25 people that uh, were signed up for it so it's just uh, a fun time of uh, people getting together and enjoying the old air cools
0: yeah where'd you come up with such a brilliant name
1: <laughs> well my background is i'm an advertising marketing guy so uh It was just one of those uh, little brainstorming sessions that uh, I put together with myself, and uh, it popped in my brain somewhere. But uh, that seems to be one of the big draws. People just love that name, Air Brigade. I actually saw quite a few of the grill badges across the country because they want to have that on their grill of their cool Porsche.
0: Well, you need to make sure you have the T-shirts and the hats to go with the grill badge. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) well you got it. <laughs> yeah yeah so what's really cool because you posted i guess it was a couple of weeks ago you asked the question are air-cooled porsche's prices softening and i thought that was really a fantastic question and what I do is I do the analytics, you know, I try to dig into the numbers of what cars are selling for as a trend up or the trend down. And I thought, you know what, there's a perfect subject matter. So I dug into it, I changed mine a little bit to declining, just because softening, yeah, I-, and I thought that looked weird on a podcast title, and people get more uh, interested if they're like, are they declining? You know, can I actually afford one right. of these now? So that was the... The beginning of my episode from a couple of weeks ago, at the time that this will post. And if you would just tell me what made you think about that—the prices of air-cooled Porsches softening.
1: Well, what I, I, I happen to follow all the auctions. I just—I bought several cars. In fact, back in the early 2000s, I bought a original Porsche RSR and then a wow. former Porsche race car out at the Monterey auctions. And I just—I love the auctions, so I just follow them every year the results what cars are up for and i've been writing various articles on the Air brigade website about the results from those i just i i wasn't as analytical as you are i i really have to commend you because i listen to your podcast and you really found uh, hardcore facts to back up a statement well i i was acting more from just years of watching the auctions and saying well, that Monterey this year, all of a sudden, Porsche RS 2.7s, there were no sales. They were barely making minimums. Same with uh, what I consider another bellwether car, the Porsche 930 Turbo. It mm. was a standard in every collector's Porsche collection for so many years. All of a sudden, there were a lot hitting the market. They were just barely making the reserve, or they weren't selling at all. So that, that really provided my own thought of, okay, are, are prices I said softening because when I actually started looking, you know, 356s are are still strong, as as you know, that uh, the early 911s and the G series are all doing well. So I didn't really see things as declining so much as they were just getting softer. They weren't hitting those big numbers of, I forget what your numbers were that you actually said, but, you know, the 30 40% increases occurring there now increasing in the 5 to 10% range. So
0: Yeah, and for those who haven't listened to that episode, I did agree with you. At the end of all the data crunching, <laughs> they are not declining. They are softening for sure. The only one that was declining, which really surprised me, was the 993s. I don't know why, because that's such a wonderful model, you know?
1: I was shocked to, to read your data because my own kind of, once again, gut had been the 993s were the way to go in there from a, you always going to get your money back. And then you looked at those numbers, and that totally proved my own uh, mind wrong, if you will, about that car. So Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. I, I'm not sure why, unless they've just had such a, a buildup. Um, I've tried to think about that since I heard your podcast and understand why is the 993 the one that's dropping when it's always considered the uh, premier, I guess you would say, air-cooled. The only thing with uh, sometimes with the 993, and this is my personal opinion, is that a 993 is a very refined air-cooled. If you really want to have mm. the visceral driving experience of Porsche that made its name, I think you have to drive one of the older air-cooleds before the power steering ABS and all, all the modern conveniences where you're really banging through the gears and, uh, and hearing the hum of that flat six a, a lot more.
0: Yeah, that's a really good point. And I thought they would be increasing a lot because they were the last, they were the most modern, they had the most power, you know, that kind of stuff. But, you know, I also have to, put the qualifier in there that all my data was based on the base model because I know the turbos mm, yeah. have been going through the roof all so right. I really w- I really wanted, I would love to do a one-off on just turbos, you know, just how are they that's doing and right. even, even take that across not just Porsches but like the BMW 2002 turbo, you know some of the, all the turbos, you know, like the Buick Grand yeah. National just to see the impact of turbo versus the base car so that's on my list to do in the future when I have a little bit more time.
1: <laughs> yeah, the recent Sotheby's auction of the Taj Mahal garage, the Nine, uh, 993 Turbo there was the highest selling. Well, no, it was the second. There was 356 Speedster was the highest selling. But the 993 Turbo was one of the highest selling. So you're right. Some of those very specialized 993 models are going through the ceiling still.
0: Yeah, and I actually happened to be at that auction and saw that oh, car. Wait. Yeah, oh. and I... I posted pictures on Instagram saying that that was my favorite car of the entire auction. It was just crazy.
1: It was beautiful looking uh, um, pictures. I imagine in person it was uh, spectacular. It
0: was. It was a paint to sample. I believe it was like a satin white with satin white wheels. And right. The owner John Dixon, who had passed away, he had. I talked to his wife, his widower, and uh, it was all custom ordered. And it only had, I think, two hundred or two thousand and five hundred miles, something crazy like oh, that. Oh my gosh! Yeah. And I said that was the one car from that auction i would love to drive home um so that yeah and also you can go back to a previous episode where i actually reviewed the results of that particular auction because i'm in the cincy area and that was just you know 45 oh, yeah. minutes away so well really cool i have so many things i want to ask you so let me continue with your recent okay. social media postings before i dive into some of your personal cars yeah you are pursuing an rs america what what can you tell me about your pursuit and then what you have found so far
1: well it was, it's an interesting one i i like to drive my cars i uh, am not a garage queen guy at all and i uh, even though i have three three porsches in my garage at the moment yeah i always can use another porsche right who <laughs> <laughs> would disagree with that one right so, right I'm, I'm always watching bring a trailer and all the other on-site pieces saying oh what am i going to get next i kept thinking i would like maybe a back date or uh uh, Resto mod, but those are going for such giant prices. And then uh, I happened to see an ad for an RS America uh, that was, as I call it, a half-price RS America. It was sixty-five thousand dollars when they <laughs> normally selling for uh, hundred thousand plus. So right. I said, oh, okay, are they out there for that price? That's a unique model. If I look for one that's a driver, not the garage queen collector car, that'd be a fun car to blast through the mountains here. You know, I can. Uh, it's lightweight. It doesn't have any of the power attributes that the nine to six four came with, power steering and everything. It's a real driver's car. So I just decided I was going to just start that pursuit of uh, a cheap. Porsche at $65,000. But uh, the the first one I saw didn't work out. As you uh, learn more about the cars and when the for sale ads go out, you uh, start becoming more discerning. So I'm now looking at, I think, the fourth different one. And I say look at it. I haven't seen any of them in person yet, but just uh, talking to owners and studying because I'm convinced I can get an RS America for half price. That's a decent driver for my mountain driving. So it's uh, kind of my pursuit for 2020, if you will.
0: Yeah, so what was wrong with the car for 65K? What kind of turned you off on that car?
1: Well, the one thing I didn't realize, because it was never mentioned in the ad, was it has a salvage title.
0: Yeah. there you go. <laughs> so, for, <laughs> little <laughs> little thing. <laughs>
1: yeah, a little thing, so... I will be honest, I, I made an offer on the car, but I made an offer on the basis of it being a salvage title that I would never be able to sell myself because no one wants a salvage title car. And I hate to say I probably insulted the owner a little, but uh, I think he will be sitting on that car for a while.
0: Right, right. And if you would yeah. tell us a little bit about, I know you mentioned lighter weight, no power steering. Didn't they only make about a 700 of those cars?
1: Yeah, they made 701 versions. They were originally targeted to just be sold in uh, 1993, but demand was a little higher than they expected. So there were a certain amount in that 701 that have a 1994 model of the year designation. What's unique about them is they really came out in the vein of the original RS uh, 2.7 in that they had lightweight door panels where it's just pole straps. Uh, mm-hmm. They had uh, all the sound deadening taken out. They had a turbo suspension put in them none of the power like i said no power steering or any of those elements to it and actually when they sold new they it was the cheapest porsche 911 in the lineup it sold for ten thousand dollars less than a base model because it was seen as a strip model and now as we all know an RS America is a highly collectible 911 out there, so it's interesting the way the way things turn around.
0: Yeah, well, it's kind of like the old, you know, Porsche Speedsters. Those were stripped down models, and now you yeah. can't get them for under 350 for a base one, basically. Exactly,
1: exactly. So I'm just looking for a unique car that is a driver, so I can, uh, as I fly through the mountains and a stone comes up on the car, I'm not going to have a heart attack.
0: <laughs> right, yeah, and I mentioned to you a, a place I found on my travels called Holt Motorsports up in Pennsylvania. They typically always have two or three or four stashed away in there for some reason. That They seem to be fans of those. They're out there, for sure.
1: Yep, they are. I'm just, uh, I'm not in a hurry, which is good. And, That's you good. Know, I can just kind of wait for the right one, so... We'll see. Follow the story throughout the year.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. (laughs) Now, you mentioned you have three air-cooled cars in your garage. What are those
1: three? Actually, there are two air-cooled and one water-cooled. Oh, okay. I bought my first Porsche in 1998, and it was a 1986 uh, Porsche Carrera, the 3.2. I still own that car to this day. Love that car. And uh, I have to say it's it's Near Garage Queen because I actually worked in the car business in Detroit and I couldn't be seen driving a Porsche in Detroit. So (laughs) it it didn't get many miles on it. So uh, that one's still in the garage. Love that car and it's part of the family. Then I bought uh, several years ago uh, a Porsche 914 two liter 73. Mm. Uh, Once again, it was the, uh, when I was a senior in high school, I saw that car and that wow! I may actually be able to afford to buy a Porsche someday. So it was always, you know, it was always on the list just because it was the childhood dream, if you will, to be able to get into that. And then I uh, also my water cooled car is a 2009 uh, 911 twin turbo. So that's just my, my wow, pure nice. pure power uh, driving car, if you will. So I not only do the air brigade with the air cooled groups, but I also uh, drive in a group where we it's all water cooled cars of turbos and GTSs and things like that, where we enjoy the mountain driving, if you will.
0: Is that called the water brigade?
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, the power Porsches. Oh, okay. Okay.
0: (laughs) Now, what what are the colors of those cars and do any of them have plaid seats?
1: No, none of them, unfortunately, have the plaid seat. My original 86 was a paint uh, sample car. It's a gray. It's a meteor gray is the official color, but at that year, they did not offer that color it is that with uh with the black leather at the interior in it has some other things the short shift kit and uh bilstein shocks from that year and some other optional equipment my 73 914 is ravina red which uh, or phoenix red excuse me phoenix red which everyone says that's orange but uh right. i searched for that car for a long time because i wanted an orange 914 and even though it has red in the name it's uh that and the uh, water-cooled 911. I call Titus because it's big and strong and powerful and it's black on black, so. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh, awesome. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> All right, well, that's cool.
1: Well, now, yeah. any,
0: uh, any Porsches get away, or ones you tried to go after and it just didn't happen?
1: Well, not so much that get away. There's always those that you regret selling, mm. right? Yep. <laughs> that's probably the better story. I, I think I mentioned I uh, actually bought a, a real Porsche RSR in the Monterey auctions in 99 uh, to get into racing because at that point it was basically an old race car and so I raced that for a while ended up selling it for even after uh, putting some you know engine rebuilds and everything that you have to do when you're racing it sold it making a little bit of money but last I saw it was uh, last sale in Europe was at I think six hundred thousand dollars, and I said, hmm. yeah. I, "I should have kept that one." <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Wow. Yeah, but uh, you don't know because at that time I sold it because I wanted a different race car. So that's what happens in racing: is you uh, you just. Uh, Get the fix, and you want the next one. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. So.
0: Now, what would you buy if I gave you a hundred thousand dollars? What air-cooled Porsche would you buy?
1: Well, I'd probably go for the little nicer version of that RS America that I'm looking for. Quite oh yeah, honestly. okay. <laughs> <laughs> a little that's, cleaner that's, one. <laughs> yeah, a little cleaner one, rather than uh, having to do it where uh, it needs needs uh, has some needs. Let's say so that that would be that is my target and focus focus right now so other than that i i really love my little small collection of porsches i uh you know we've got the small four banger and the 914 uh, original uh 911 air cooled and then the big powerful water cooled one so i kind of cover a nice spectrum i feel
0: oh yeah you got a great mix right there now you just need a 67S or something like that. Yeah, so. uh, yeah.
1: Those, those uh, even with a hundred thousand dollars, you can't afford one of those, can you? These days? No, no, you cannot. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Well, one thing I like to do at the end of these conversations is play a little game called Keep Cash or Crush. So I pick oh, out yeah. three. I, I, yeah. I
1: know this one. It's a tough game. <laughs> it's a tough one. So I pick
0: out three cars for you, and you have to tell me which one you want to keep, which one you want to cash in, and which one you want to crush. So I'm going to give you, I'm going to make it painful for you. I'm going to give you three air cooled cars. Okay. So the first one is a 1987 930 Turbo. Mm, okay. Let's say, uh, let's say, low, like 30,000 miles on it. Okay. The second one, let's make it a 993 Turbo. But let's say that's got like 60,000. No, let's say less. 15,000 miles on that one. And then the third one will be a 67 911 S Concours car.
1: Okay. I would probably out of that, somewhat easy, I would keep the 993 Turbo because I I love turbos and I love fast cars. And that one is uh, is one that would be uh, nice in the collection. The okay. tough one is always which one you're going to crush, and I'd have to say uh, the 930 Turbo. A lot of them will probably have already been crushed being the widow makers, if you will, <laughs> and I would uh, <laughs> ca- cash in the 67 911 elevens so. Okay, <laughs> all right.
0: You came up with yeah. those answers pretty quick. i got to do a better job next time. <laughs> well,
1: no, that's, they're all, uh, I kind of know what, uh, you know, the fact that you were throwing those Turbos in there, that's that's kind of a sweet spot for me. I do love Turbos, so... Um, made it made it easier when you mentioned a 993. So Yeah, for sure, yeah, for sure. I yeah. say hey, this is fun. I always wait for this keep cash and crush uh, part of oh, it. Oh, good. It's, uh, <laughs> it's a great, great thing that you uh, do. I appreciate you giving me a call, Greg.
0: Yeah, thank you for taking us through your collection today. Okay, thank you, Greg. Thanks for listening to the Collector Car Podcast. Don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes and be sure to follow us on Instagram and everywhere else at the Collector Car Podcast.